When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Big Skin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Eric Mulher and Timmy Popovich. As per the usual, Eric, what's happening, man? What are you up to? Did you get the kids all graduated and educated and all that? Uh, well, the jury is out on educated, uh, but I did. We did get through graduation week, all right. Uh, it actually went went pretty well. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, moving on, then just kind of trying to stay busy. What about you, Tim? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I was more interested to hear if Eric still's got any of his relatives squatting at his house. He's collecting <laughs> some income over there. But excess rent checks and whatnot but uh no glad to be uh talking some more football schedule this week uh the last week's was uh was fun it was fun indeed and it was uh the first half of that show was a little bit not quite as interesting as probably what was happening today i don't know about you guys but i would have like given one of my limbs to be a fly on the wall in the sec meetings today after seeing the seating chart where leach and kiffin were sitting next together I, <laughs> how do you not separate those two? Like, I, I get like, they just, they just arrange them in alphabetical order by school name. But I mean, have, that's terrible. That'll kill us. If you don't think there was a little bit of, uh, intentionalness to that, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know, but I feel like when Jimbo starts talking, everybody's rolling their eyes. Am I wrong? Am I crazy for thinking that? Maybe, eh, I don't know. maybe a little bit. <laughs> Well, maybe I'm just all alone there. I feel like he's become really volatile, and he never used to be that way. But uh, anyway, so one of the things that they discussed at this annual meeting, uh, something I thought we should touch on here, this actually came out last week, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it until now, was uh, we got news that the SEC is going to explore an SEC-only college football playoff at the spring meetings. So... (laughs) Like, I can't even begin to quantify the effect that that would have on the rest of college football. And I I don't know exactly what they mean if they mean, like, we're going to scrap. Because, I mean, we know they're going to pod scheduling. Like, that's pretty much a once Oklahoma and Texas are there. But I don't know if they're just going to, like, scrap the conference championship game altogether and go with, like, a tournament or what they're going to do. I mean, Eric, I mean, what do you... What do you make of an SEC-only college football playoff? Is this like a move towards we're breaking away from college football in its current form, or we're just going to kind of remake ourselves? 
Well, I'll start first off in terms of the pod scheduling. I, I think, and we all probably thought this as well. I thought it was like a foregone conclusion that they were going to do that. And then I, I saw a couple of different port reports this afternoon saying that, you know, this person, oh, I talked to a, an SEC athletic director and they said basically pods is not an option. And there wasn't any like amplification on why it wouldn't be an option. And they're, I think they're currently just focused more on the, you know, are we going to do eight conference games or nine uh, aspect of the schedule? And then in terms of the SEC only playoff, to me, kind of feels like uh, maybe a shot across the bow at some of the other conferences. That <laughs> Yeah. Because uh, Greg Sankey, who's the SEC commissioner, when he didn't have to be, he was supportive of the playoff expansion, right? Playoff, expanding the playoff to six or eight or 12 teams doesn't really benefit his conference as much as some of these other ones. Because he's, he's going to get a team in regardless. And he, he might get two. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if he, if you expand to eight, he could get three or four. Right. I think but, it does benefit him. Um, it benefits him. Yeah, it benefits him, but it doesn't benefit him as much as it does the Pac-12. Yeah, who, I get what you who mean. Effectively, yeah. their only hope is not only hope, but their their chances are slim to get someone in there in a four-team field. Yeah, it's go undefeated or bust. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And he was he was a big proponent of expansion, and I think he felt like everyone else was too. And when you know those other conferences, I think he probably knew the Big Ten was going to vote no. But I think the ACC and the Pac-12 maybe caught him off guard uh, with voting no against that. And I think he's just kind of I think it's more of a bluff. Like, hey, you know, if you guys want to be shitheads about this, yeah, you know, we can do our own thing. We're the we're the SEC. Like, people will watch our stuff. Like, oh, if we yeah. put on a tournament, if we put on a tournament, it, it will draw just as many eyes as everyone else like you other four clowns yeah so I, I don't think it'll actually happen unless the sec expanded to like 24 teams like if they picked off uh you know half the acc and a couple of big 10 teams and really beefed up to like 24 or 28 teams then i could see them maybe breaking off and doing their own thing but as it stands now uh even adding oklahoma and texas i i would be skeptical i think it's kind of a, a little saber rattling yeah and that it's a little bit curious to me that you like the reports that you read, you know, because I've seen those two where it's like, oh, well, pods are not an option, but we're not hearing why they're not. And like they, they seem to be big sticklers of we and Saban's talked about this before, where we want all our kids to be able to play at every school. If they stay for four seasons, we want them to all be able to play road games at all the other SEC stadiums. And once you add Texas, and Oklahoma, pod scheduling is the only way to accomplish that. Unless you go to nine. And I don't think they're going to do that unless they see a little more uniform. It doesn't do them any good to go to nine conference games if everyone else is still playing eight. Well, everyone else pretty much plays nine. The Big Ten plays nine. The Pac-12 plays nine. And the Big 12, they play everyone. Right, they play nine as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if the ACC plays eight or nine. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think they still play eight. But Saban and Smart and all those guys, they've been favors of nine conference games. Me personally, Timmy, I don't know what you think about this. Me personally, I really liked the 2020 format in the COVID year where they played 10 SEC games. I kind of liked that. And then just picked two non-conference games to throw in there. Well, I mean, what do you think about all this kind of SEC-only talk? Do you think? Do you agree with Eric? It's just like a... It's like a bluff, like a warning shot across the bow kind of thing. No, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Greg Sankey's just butthurt and he's totally bluffing. You know, it'll never happen uh, unless, like Eric said, it, it gets to a point where they have like 24 teams. But I mean, just think about how stupid it would be to have, you know, 
an SEC national champion and then a national champion from the rest of the country. Like, that's ridiculous. Nobody wants to see that. You know, he's just butthurt that the other conferences shut down the playoff expansion. And, you know, kind of like Eric alluded to, the reason that they kind of did that was because they didn't want to create a scenario where the SEC was going to have three or four teams in an, you know, an eight or a 12 team format. Um, I think they're waiting for the right time to maybe let some of those schools in the SEC kind of, you know, lose a little bit of power before they maybe renegotiate and talk expansion. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. And something I kind of wanted to touch on here. I mean, you guys are on this more than I am. And I I was hoping to get Hunter on here for this, but he's like covered up all the time. But I, I feel like college football is sort of headed in the same direction as like soccer, where you've got the Premier League and like the Champions League. And do you, do we think that like as a because I was sitting here thinking about this, I was like, would that really be a bad thing if you had like the Premier League where it's, you know, the, say the top 24 best teams in the country? It'd be kind of hard to quantify who's the best, but I guess it would be those with the largest endowment, you know, kind of thing that pick the top 20 richest schools or richest athletic programs in the country, put those teams in the Premier League. And then they play out and have a champion and whatever. And then that champion plays the champion from the other league. I mean, is that where we're headed, Eric? I mean, am I way off base for thinking that way? I, I hope not. Um, I mean, if we are, that won't be for a long, long time because I can't even begin to imagine how you would figure out who's in what group, right? Because you want to talk about, you know, largest endowment, you're going to have, I, I don't think that's the best way to do it, I guess, is, you know, because well, you're talking about Stanford. Was a bad, that was a yeah, that was a bad word. It's more like the 20 largest athletic budgets in the country would be a good way to measure it, I think. Yeah, but you know, that doesn't necessarily make them one of the best, you know, 24 or however many teams either, right? I mean, Texas I think has the largest endowment of any public university in the country. They went 5 and 7. We sucked. You know, and I I just how how you decide who is where I think is the big sticking point because I think there's enough turnover in coaches and rosters where you, you obviously you can't go off of last year's record or results and then we we see it year after year after year you know preseason polls are absolute garbage so you know how do you figure who's in what and then when you when you're talking about figuring out you know promotion and relegation and if you're going to implement if you would try to implement that into um, you know whatever system you're choosing then it becomes a mess as well. And, you know, there's already enough of a have and have not sort of aspect uh, in a lot of ways to college football. I don't think they need to go out of their way to create a a bigger division. Well, and Timmy, I don't know if you, what you think about this, but I agree with what Eric's saying there. Like they don't need to do that, but I feel like NIL is unless, I mean, unless some kind of regulation comes in from the federal government, I feel like NIL is going to force college football's hand because i mean they're all talking about how this is not sustainable right so what's the answer to nil and the instability do we create some kind of new system new league or do we just like leave it as it is and let the free market figure itself out i don't I don't know what do you think no i i don't know what what the right answer or the solution to the problem is either but you know, I do know something has to change, and I think everybody in college football is aware of that as well. And I think sometime here, very shortly, the conferences are going to begin to shape that 
you know, solution themselves rather than, you know, wait for somebody from outside to force it upon them. I think they're a very forward-looking group. I know that they've probably seen the writing on the wall for a very long time, so I'm sure there's some ideas that have already, you know, been hatched somewhere in a conference room. But I don't think the answer is, you know, going to large super conferences. I don't think that benefits anybody. And like you said, it would end up just being the teams with the deepest pocketbooks. And, you know, like Eric said, Texas sucks, but they're the richest. You know, do they deserve to be in that power conference? Well, somebody that's writing the checkbook says they do, but you know, who suffers at the end of the day, everybody who consumes the sport. And, you know, I don't think that's a good business move um, for them to do that. So I'd be interested to see what they, they come up with. Yeah. Seems like all the decisions that are being made now are just based on how much more money we can bring in on TV contracts. And I, I don't think the good of the sport is really under consideration for <laughs> most people that are still making the decisions. I don't know. Maybe it is, but if it is, I don't see it. The thing about soccer in Europe is it's not the the leagues are independent, but they work cooperatively. It's almost like it's modeled more like Major League Baseball, where at the end of the year, you could say, all right, you know, Cincinnati, Oakland, Tampa, you know, or whoever the worst three teams were, right? Now you're in AAA and then uh, Chattanooga Lookouts and you know, the San Antonio uh, missions and whoever else, Toledo Mud Hens, right? Now you're moving up, right? Because they'll, they'll relegate the bottom three and promote the top three from like each tier. Yeah, but it's self-serving too because like soccer is such a multinational sport. Like their consumers want to see all these teams from different areas play each other. Well, right. And they're also in Europe where you can get around from country to country right. a lot easier. So, it, it, I mean, it makes sense for them i don't know that it would make sense for college football i think it will once you have to start paying the players then you don't have college football anymore <laughs> you still only have one champion every year and it's going to come from the same pool of eight or ten or twelve teams regardless of you know you, you put you put missouri in the college football version of the premier league they're still not going to fucking win i don't care who you play so like i mean what you know what i mean I, I don't think that model works for college football yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you. NBA playoff action is non-stop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a little bit of cash into a lot of cash? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay, combine multiple bets, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details.
welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast here on the Pig Skin Podcast Network. All right, boys, we're gonna we're gonna run through this schedule, uh, listeners. As you know, we did uh, weeks zero through seven last week, and uh, we're gonna do part two. We're gonna finish it up. So, uh, boys, I'm gonna jump right into it. Eric, you're going first. You're 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 first on the docket. Uh, this week so give me week number eight who's uh who's your top game you're wanting to watch who do you who are you watching oh boy i'll tell you what I, one thing i realized when i was going through these schedules is th- the second half of the schedule is way way harder to do uh than the first half because we really i think back to last year what we thought of some teams in week eight is a lot different from what everyone thought of them in week one so trying to guess oh, what yeah. are going to be the good games is uh Makes me a little nervous, right? Like we're going to look back and be like, why the hell was he looking forward to that game? But having said all of that, I think Minnesota at Penn State, uh, A, should be a good game. Uh, And I think that will, at that point in the season, mean something uh, as far as how things shake out. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Minnesota, they're, (laughs) I mean, I'll talk more about them in a little bit, but uh, man, that game, yeah. I mean, at that point in the season, you could be looking at like shit the the west should be starting to shake out by that point and I, I think the west is just wide open this year like there's legitimately four teams that could win it so i don't know it should be really interesting uh timmy what about you week eight what do you got uh i'm gonna stay in the big 10 and i'm looking forward to the purdue and wisconsin game um wisconsin took it to him last year but i'm, I'm kind of interested to see you know, how or if Purdue can, you know, get the best of them this year. Because I really feel like Purdue's one of those teams that's going to take a step forward this year uh, and improve on, you know, in what I thought was an impressive result from last year. And beating Wisconsin would do that for me. So I'm really excited to see how that game shakes up. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know. Purdue, I haven't really studied them much in the offseason. I don't I don't really know what to make them up. I know they lost their best two players in the NFL, but I mean, who knows? The guy can coach. I mean, the one I'm looking the most forward to, typically it's not a big time game, but I'm looking forward to uh it's kind of one A, one B. Uh Ole Miss at LSU is always fun. That's always a lot of fun. Kiffin going into Death Valley. Brian Kelly, first test of Lane Kiffin. I don't know that they've ever coached a game against one another. I mean, maybe USC and Notre Dame played when they were both there. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think back if Kiffin maybe would have been on the Alabama staff against yeah, Notre Dame in a playoff game. Maybe that's the only but, thing I can think of, not as a head coach. Yeah, I mean, so that 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 matchup's got. Uh, I don't know what LSU's going to look like at that point in the year. I think that'll be pretty interesting. And then a couple of other notables: uh, Texas A&M going on the road to South Carolina is interesting because. I mean, Timmy, you've talked about them. Beamer Ball, Spencer Rattler getting a dose of A&M and all those five-star freshmen they got. It's at home. Place will be jumping. I mean, if that's a if that's a night game, that place will be electric. And then the only other notable game that I had in week eight was Texas going on the road to Oklahoma State. I mean, I saw that Texas is like the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12 right now. Well, it's obvious the odds makers didn't know what the heck they were talking about. Okay. What is going on? <laughs> what, what, like, what am I reading? Texas has a quarterback who's never taken a college snap and a bunch of transfers and a good recruiting class. 
And they're the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12 over Baylor, over Oklahoma, over Oklahoma State. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. It's the mothership hyping up the uh, the inbound Texas team to the SEC, man. That's all it is, dude. Come on. Yeah, Texas might be toting two losses by then, I guess. And I think the idea that they're the f- favorite in that conference is weird to me. But uh, we'll see. I mean, if they can't go into Stillwater and get a W, like what are we even talking about? Well... <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't remember the last time they were able to do that. I don't know. But uh, let's move on to week nine. I think week nine's a little bit better of a slate. So, uh, Timmy, go first this week. Week nine, hit me. Um, I think the obvious choice to most people would be the Florida-Georgia game. But honestly, I don't want to watch that crap. You know, it hadn't been a competitive game, you know, minus the 2020 COVID year, which I, you can throw that out the window for all I care. Georgia's beating the brakes off them boys for the last five years. It ain't going to be any different this year. It's going to be a thump fest. So for me, I'm looking at Ohio State, Penn State. I think Penn State can hang with Ohio State. I think they can make it a competitive game. Um, I'm not saying they're going to outright win or anything like that, but it ain't going to be no blowout like Florida Georgia's going to be, that's for sure. Well, depending on where Penn State's at, at that point in the season, it very well could be college game day. And it's probably going to be a whiteout. I mean, regardless of whether it is or not. So, I mean, you know the atmosphere is going to be electric there. Always a good watch. And I do agree that Georgia-Florida, maybe next year. (laughs) Not this year. I feel like Georgia's probably going to pump Maybe six years ago. Yeah, but but we'll see what happens there. Uh, Eric, what do you got for week nine? Um, Boy, I'm having a tough time. Well, I'm going to list two because they're on different days. Um, So Virginia Tech is at NC State on Thursday night in week nine so i'll be watching that and on saturday i think the game the saturday game i would most be looking forward to is michigan state at michigan yeah i mean that game was a ton of fun last year i mean that i mean if you remember michigan had a huge lead in that game and completely and utterly choked it off (laughs) michigan state came back and won on the back of kenneth walker just going off so i think both of those teams regress significantly i did have that in there as a game i wanted to watch but I don't think it's going to be quite as electric this season. I don't know. But for me, I'm kind of going to go back to the Ole Miss well here, man. Like Ole Miss at A&M, that to me sounds like a ton of fun. A&M at home, 12th man, Kiffin, high-flying offenses. (laughs) Like take the over, whatever it is, and just sit back and enjoy. Like that will be a primo matchup to watch. And then honorable mention, Kentucky. And Stoops going on the road to Tennessee. Got that one in for honorable mention. I think that also terrible defense versus pretty good defense. Two pretty good offenses. I don't know. Should be interesting. Did I miss anything on week nine here? I'm sure I missed something. Any other honorable mentions? Well, you should know that. Oklahoma at Iowa State has the potential to be interesting depending on how Iowa State does this year because they lose a ton of people. And I just don't know how how effective they're going to be at replacing guys like Purdy and Brees Hall, uh, you know, some of their defensive guys like Mike Rose. Um, I don't, you know, that that game last year would have like probably been my, my first pick if we were doing it before last season. I don't know what that's going to look like in 2022 right now. Yeah. Don't tell me you guys both picked them to win like 11 games and one yeah. of you picked them to go to the playoffs. I can't believe that Eric didn't mention the game from last year that gave us so much joy 
in Miami going on the road to Virginia. <laughs> I mean, after the way that game ended last year, I'm definitely tuning in for that one. You kidding me? The most piss poorly managed game that I can think of in recent memory. The Since score like the- of that game is going to be on Manny Diaz's headstone when he dies. I guarantee it because I'm going to put it there. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go spray paint 30 to 28 on his <laughs> book it. <laughs> ultimate dick move. No, but in all seriousness, both of those quarterbacks can sling it. You know. That yeah, that actually. Take- I mean, now that now that Timmy brings it up, I think that would be a fun game. Um, yeah. Take the over on that one. Yeah, I agree. All right, so moving on to week number, what are we on, 10? Yeah, week 10. Uh, Eric, hit me first. Uh, well, since I'm going first, I'll give you the game that I'm going to watch first in week 10, and that is a uh, what is I think will likely be a, a matchup of the top two teams in my favorite conference, the Sun Belt. Uh, App oh. State is at Coastal on Thursday night, oh, um, yeah. so a little Thursday night Fun Belt action uh, is where I will be starting. And then uh, on Saturday, uh, Florida State at Miami is that's a game I always watch. Mm. I don't know. I think Miami will be good. I don't know how good Florida State will be, but that game usually is one of those throw out the record type games, uh, like it was this past season. Yeah, always a good game to watch, regardless of records and all that BS. It's usually pretty tight. Uh, either way, Timmy, what do you got for Week Ten? Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say that Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina is the uh, game day eats equivalent of cupcakes and bourbon. All right, get that shit out of here. Nobody wants to see that crap. Take it back to where it came from, all right? Oh, God, go eat a soft pretzel somewhere, dude. <laughs> I will. I'll enjoy it. Oh, God. But, uh, but week 10 uh, has only got one game for me, and it's Alabama and LSU. And it's for the sole reason to see Nick Saban run the score up on Brian Kelly. Because <laughs> Nick Saban is not going to forget about Brian Kelly's I came to the SEC to beat Nick Saban comment. He just, he's going to write it on the wall. He's going to be there all year. And he's going to unleash fury on them boys. You know, LSU is probably going to suck anyway this year, and this will be the final nair in the – in their coffin and it's going to be grotesque how badly Alabama beats them. Honestly, I don't know what to make of it. It's at LSU. So I'm not going to make any judgments doesn't matter. Until, until I see LSU play a couple of times. I can't, I'm not going to sit here and say, we're going to beat the brakes off of them. Cause that, that doesn't happen very often. Um, man, for me, this was a tough week for me. I mean, this week is loaded with good games. You got Clemson on the road at Notre Dame. I mean, that's a big-time matchup. That'll be – I mean, that's prime time on NBC, 730. I mean, that's that's a big-time matchup. Clemson shouldn't have more than one loss at the most at this point. Notre Dame probably won't have any. I, I mean, it'll be a big-time top like 10 Like less matchup. than five at least, I mean. Yeah, but <laughs> should be less than five, yes. And then let's see. What else have I got noted down here? Baylor at Oklahoma. I mean, the Big 12 champs coming into Oklahoma, coming into Norman. I think that. Aranda, can he sustain? Can he, you know, keep it going? What's Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel look like? I don't know. That, that to me, I hope that's like one of those noon kickoffs so I can watch that on the opening slate before Bama LSU, which is usually either the 2.30 game or the 6 o'clock game. And then Tennessee, with all their hype going on the road to Georgia, I hope Georgia beats the brakes off of them and shuts them up. But, you know, I, 
I'm not going to sit here and say that they're just automatically going to dominate them. I don't know. And then last one I had noted, because I did have that Coastal and Appy put in there, but with a caveat, I wouldn't watch it if it was at Coastal because I can't handle the teal football field. That's like Headache City, but it's at Appalachian State. So I'm with oh, Eric. I, I will watch that. I had it in my yeah, notes it, at Coastal. It, uh, well, it may be. I don't know. I put at Appalachian State. I could have it wrong. But if it's at yeah, Coastal. It's at, it's at Coastal. Okay, well, then I won't be watching that. I can't handle the teal field. That's like migraine city for me. All right, well, uh, I'll keep you updated. Yeah, you do that. And then the last game I had noted, another Minnesota game, Minnesota at Nebraska. I think that, that to me, crucial Big Ten West game at that point in the season. I think Nebraska, I think we all agree that they should improve. I mean, Jesus Christ, if their special teams are anything but god-awful last year, they probably win seven games, <laughs> you know? So Minnesota, new offensive coordinator. He's a new old offensive coordinator. He was there, and he, now he's back. So I think that'll be a good game, man. Sea of red, the Golden Gophers could be a you know battle for the Big Ten West at that point. Uh, let's see. Week 11. Uh, Timmy, you go first. Week 11. What do you got? Um, I have Iowa State and Oklahoma State, um, just because I like the matchup. Um, I think it's just pure Big 12. I don't expect either of these teams to really hold anything back. Um, you know, whatever the total on that game is, give me the over. I don't care. I think it's just going to be a shootout, honestly. Mm. Yeah, take the over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Eric, what do you got for week 11? Uh, for week 11, I think I'm going to stay in the Big 10. But this is a game that you're going to want to take the under because Wisconsin is going to Iowa and they are going to play oh, yeah. football and they are going to they are not going to hit forty. I had that one noted down as well. That's uh, if you're a if you're like seventy years old and you like three yards in a cloud of dust football, this is the football game for you. All right. So for me, again, a tough week to decide. LSU at Arkansas, I think, could be a lot of fun. You know, it's a rivalry game, the battle for, what is it, the golden boot, I think. So should be interesting. That's always a good game to watch. They've had some really fun games in the past. That's always one I keep my eye on. Arkansas is supposedly going to be pretty good this year. I don't know. And then, uh, let's see, a couple of others. I mean, you you got to at least check in on Alabama at Ole Miss. You know, Bama going to Ole Miss and Kiffin, Saban and Kiffin on the same field. It's almost like scheduled viewing. You know, I feel like you got to watch that. And then sneaky good game that I usually keep up with. I don't know what you guys think about this, but Notre Dame going on the road to Navy. Always a tough matchup for Notre Dame, seems like. I mean, that Navy plays them close like nine out of ten times. So, obviously, they're going to be nowhere near as talented as them. But for some reason, they always keep it close, man, that triple option. I don't know. I mean, does, am I the only one that watches that game? I watch it uh, just because I like watching it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it because that's kind of just, it's really one of those things. It's like, that. well, that's what I do. I watch that game when it's on. Uh, I don't know how thrilling it's going to be. I think it might get awfully one-sided. Yeah, I don't go like, ooh, Notre Dame, Navy, let's go. Like, I'll like flip it on by accident and go, oh, shit, what's the score? Okay, next, later. <laughs> yeah, it it just depends on whether or not it's close. You know, if I if I turn on the TV and it's 17-14 Notre Dame, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta turn this on and check it out. But there again, not terribly exciting to watch. It's just one of those that you kind of like to see. 
traditional, like, you know, gritty historical matchup. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to week 12. Cause I don't think I really missed anything for week 11. That's just, that would blow up my skirt. So week 12, Eric, what do you got? Bedlam end of discussion. Thank <laughs> That game was complete and utter just craziness last year. Yeah, and it usually is. I just I you know I maintain that the Bedlam game is the most appropriately named rivalry game in college football, and will continue to be probably for the rest of my lifetime. So I that no, I don't care. Both teams are three and nine at that point, or you know, I guess it'd be three and three and eight. But yeah, don't care. I don't care if one team's good and one team's bad. That that game is always good, and I always watch it. Don't disagree with that. Timmy, what do you got? Uh, I agree with Eric's Bedlam pick, but uh, I'm going to go with the other game from last year that was just as good and just as big of a shit show, and that was 57-56 Kansas over Texas. I will be (laughs) hyped up to watch this game (laughs) this year. You know, it's must-see TV now. You kidding me? I don't really expect Kansas to win two years in a row, but you bet your ass I'll be watching and I'll be rooting for them to do so. Book it. Well, and you know, it's at Kansas this year too. So, you know, their fans oh, yeah. will be, hi- oh, yeah. be hyped up. Like the yeah. one game of the year where they've got close to a sellout, you know, it, it should and be- they're going to troll the shit out of them. Horns down, you know, 57, 56 posters everywhere. I'm here for it, man. Yeah. That could go one or two ways. That could be like, they really get behind them and the, they play really good and it's a close game and whatever, or, or they could just pull a Kansas and Texas roll in there and beat them 56 to seven. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, that <laughs> I didn't even realize that game was this week. I will have to at least check the score, and keep up with it. All right. So for me that week, um, little rematch that was a beat down twice last year but I will be interested to see Utah on the road at Oregon. I think that has got potential for some, you know, like revenge type uh, feel to it. I don't know. Maybe Oregon puts it together that late in the year. Maybe they've got some things figured out and Bo Nix pulls some of his magic out of his ass and gets it done. I don't know. Like uh, Oregon probably hasn't had a quarterback that's as talented as him in quite a while. I mean, have they, who was the last besides Justin Herbert? I mean, well, I mean, Herbert was, but he was a different kind of talented too. Like they haven't had a quarterback uh, like Bo Nix or as good as Bo Nix is at what Bo Nix does, I guess maybe is a, a weird way to say it, but really kind of the point is they haven't had anyone really like him uh, in a little while. And then I'm interested to kind of see how his, his style of play, you know, cause he had some flashes in the SEC and uh, I think maybe going to the PAC 12 might suit his style a little more, maybe. But probably we'll uh, not since Dennis Dixon before he blew his knee out. Well, yeah, Mariota. Yeah. I mean, guys like that. I mean, they, right. But since even Herbert, then, I mean, they haven't know, had. That's eight years. I mean, that's three coaches ago for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Been a hot minute since Oregon's had some talent at QB. So I'll be interested to watch that. And then uh, let's see a couple of other notables here with uh, Wisconsin on the road at Nebraska. That's another one of those games could be deciding the big 10 West at that point. Um, and then this one, well, honestly, this would probably be 1-1 for me this week. would be Miami at Clemson. I mean, Van Dyke going in, playing against that defense, I think that's must-see TV, personally. I, I think that that's got to be right up there with the Bedlam game for me. I think that's going to be a great game to watch. And then I had one more. Ah, 
The only other really notable one, Georgia going on the road to Kentucky. I don't know, man. I mean, that, I know Georgia was really fucking good last year, but are they going to be that good again? And can they play that good on the road against a Kentucky team that's, you know, won double-digit games last year and is bringing back most of their team? I don't know. Yeah, I think if if Georgia's going to lose a regular season game this year, it's that one. Like, that to me is their most likely L uh, on the regular season slate anyways, just because they get Tennessee at home. Outside of that, I don't know that they're really going to get challenged. But that game uh, is probably going to be a fight for them. Yeah, agree. And then the last one I had written down was uh, Iowa going on the road to Minnesota. Kind of the same thing, another one of those Big Ten West games. I mean, legitimately, Wisconsin, Iowa – Minnesota, Nebraska. I mean, can we sit here and just definitively pick one of those teams that we think is going to win the Big Ten West? Not I Nebraska. Can. I mean, are they that? Are they that much worse? Me. That's what I'm saying. Are they that much worse than Minnesota or Iowa or? I mean, Nebraska led all those teams late in games last year. Nebraska was leading Iowa by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter last year. Ah, but did they win? No, because their special teams were atrocious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> story. What, what, what makes you think that that's just going to magically change? Well, I don't know that their special teams are going to change, but I feel like you, they got to get some luck somewhere. I mean, Jesus, they 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 went. What did they go, Eric? Three and nine. With they went three a, and nine. Like a, three and nine with a was it a positive point differential or dead even? Uh, no, so they were one and eight in the conference with a zero point differential. Um, <laughs> overall, they were three and nine, and I would suspect that they had a positive point differential. Let me let me look it up quick. Well, they would have went twelve and zero if it wasn't for the damn final score every time. Okay. Oh my God, they were. Oh Jesus, they were they were plus sixty three on the year. Plus sixty three. With a yeah. three and nine record. That's like that's like a an eight and four type team uh point differential. Seven and five. That's gotta be an NCAA record. It has Holy to be. shit. That's cause you look at like Northwestern, who also went three and nine, they got outscored by hundred and fifty points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no way that they go three and nine again. Not if they do exactly what they did last year. If they come out and do the exact same thing. I feel like they go six and six at least. Yeah. I don't know. They, they have a special teams coordinator now, like an actual special teams coach. Uh, so that has to make you think that they, you know, they have a chance to improve there. And, you know, if they don't give up the punt return touchdown to Michigan State late and, and send that game into overtime, if they, you know, they left some points on the field against Oklahoma, um, you know, the Iowa game was a just complete special teams debacle. I, yeah, so they, I mean, they're a team like if they clean some stuff up, like they can be a nine-win team and and win that win that uh, side of the conference. Would not shock me one bit. I I think easily that's going to be. I think that will be the toughest division in football to call a winner from. Uh, yeah, the only thing I'm the only other Week Twelve game I think is, and I'm not probably going to watch the game, but I'm going to look at least after the fact and find out what the attendance was. Is uh, USC at UCLA? Because I want to see if they if they uh, if I have to change my background. Yeah, um, turn around. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see if they can fill it to more than fifteen percent. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to week thirteen, the, the last week here. This week is obviously it's rivalry week. It's loaded. So, what do you got, Timmy? Uh, there's only one answer. It's the game. That's it. 
period. End of story. You know, I look forward to this game every year. Um, and it's not about the history or the pageantry or any of that stuff for me, but it's more, more about no matter what happens, one of these two fan bases is going to be extremely butthurt at the end of the day. And I win either way. It's bonus points if it's a good game. But, I, you know, I just like to see Ohio State fly off the rails if Michigan beats them and vice versa. It's just, it's great. Michigan fans are probably going to be the ones that are butthurt. Give me Ohio State by like 21 points. But we all said that last year. Yeah, but that was in the big house. This is in the shoe, man. <laughs> just it, like revenge, bitches. Like it's it's a it's gonna get ugly. I I can't buy into the fact that Michigan's gonna go in there and make it a close game. I'm just I'm not buying it. I don't think they let that happen again. Eric, do you disagree with that? I yeah. I part of me thinks like Michigan winning that game last year works against them this season because it's just it's you know that that much bigger of a chip on. Ohio State's shoulder. Not that they necessarily need any extra motivation for this game, but I do think Ohio State is just, they're certainly the more talented team. I think they're the better team. They're going to have more experience because they brought more people back. You know, we, we've talked about it before. I think we would all take, you know, we would lay the the 18 or 20 points or whatever our hypothetical line was. I, I think they're that much better. All right. Well, Eric, what do you got for week 13? So week 13 is uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, and on Thanksgiving night, again, we get the Egg Bowl. So I'll be trying to fight through a turkey coma and watch that. I mean, I'll be honest, it was a little underwhelming this past season. I had higher hopes, but, um, you know, it happens. It's the Egg Soup Bowl. Yeah, but I'm still going to watch it. Uh, But the the one I always like, uh, like the best is Florida and Florida State, and they are in Tallahassee this year. Last year, it ended up being, uh, you know, kind of a loser, loser leaves town type deal with uh, as far as bowl eligibility. It was a play-in game, effectively. Uh, I think both of these teams will already have six wins by this point, but um, it's still, you know, again, it's another throughout the records type of game, and it's it's almost always a really good one. Man, I don't know that Florida State has six wins by then. I don't know that. <laughs> Eric, hopping on the Norvell train. Let's. He's go. always on the Norvell hopping, train, man. Hopping on. He's a, I'm, He's a Norvell guy. He's the conductor. I'm like, he yeah, is. as I say, I'm I got my hat and everything. I'm 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 one of the dudes shoveling coal in the boiler. Yeah, that no, I'm not buying that. That could be Norvell's final game as head coach. Yeah, you it better, could, you actually, better yeah. stock up on coal. I'll tell you what, yeah. if, if he doesn't have six wins by that game, then yeah, that probably is his last one if he's there. My God, oh. he's confident. Oh, but oh. but I but I think he will have six wins. I'm Jesus, you guys act like I'm picking them to go eleven and one. I, I think they will be six and five at worst going into that rivalry game, and that's a game that I like to watch. So I'll be that that'd be obviously one of the many games that I'll enjoy watching that day. But I think that's if I had to pick only one on the Saturday and then my wife was like, That's the only game you get to watch, I think it would be that one. Other than the game, since Timmy already took it. Yeah, I, I'm just not excited about the game. I think it's going to be a blowout this year. Uh, for me, I mean, you know, I don't. It goes without saying that I will be watching the Iron Bowl. You know, Alabama and Auburn. I watch it every year, so that one. I, I don't think Auburn's going to be very good. So that, to me, not really one of the premier matchups. But I mean, this game's. This week is loaded with good games. Baylor at Texas, Oregon on the road at Oregon State could be interesting. But some other notables there: Pitt at Miami should be really interesting. South Carolina at Clemson. Spencer Rattler going and getting a dose of Clemson on the road. That 
man. I mean, think about that. Last year, those two dudes were like one and two in the Heisman preseason voting. And now they're like just two guys. And Timmy, Virginia, Virginia Tech, who's going to win? I mean, has Virginia Tech got a chance to to beat Brennan Armstrong this year? Uh, the only team that's going to win that game is the same team that's won it for the last like 20 years. And the Hokies are going to reign supreme again. Virginia doesn't stand a chance because it doesn't matter what the records are. Look at last year. They thought they were coming in all high and mighty. Yeah. Thump fest. Get out of my face. <laughs> Somebody write that down. Somebody write it down somewhere. That damn guy uh, is taking notes right now. Oh yeah. He is. God. Who, and who does know? Speaking of that, right in stone. They're, they're at USC. That actually is my honorable mention. I think Notre Dame. Oh, at USC. Yeah. The Notre Dame at USC. So that, it, that damn guy will think, be locked in. Yeah. We might be looking at the best version of that game in a handful of years. You know, as far as how the game plays out. Oh, yeah. And then the last honorable mention, I'm going to go with Herm Edwards' final game at Arizona State. They're on the road at Arizona. <laughs> I think Arizona I don't think he makes out. it that far. And yeah. <laughs> If he is still the coach, that'll be his last Who game. Who do they play in week three? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, hold on. Was that my? I think it's week one where they played Northern Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, that's my my week one trap game. And I'll tell you what, Northern Arizona at Arizona State Thursday night, week one. Uh, boy, if Herm loses that one, boy, he is in trouble. He is in <laughs> the hurt locker. Giving him the sissy blue treatment already. Let's go. That's, yep, that's right. No, another sneaky uh, week 13 matchup that I uh, can't believe Timmy didn't mention this one. Yeah, Coastal Carolina on the road at James Madison. Are you kidding me? I don't give a shit about that game. Get it out of here. Hey, man, it's right down the road from your hometown, man. Come on. Yeah, but James Madison's moving up to the big boys this year. I think they're going to get a dose of humble pie. They're going to need a couple of years to build their program up. It's, it could be, it could get ugly. Uh, I don't know. Should be interesting. Uh, and then LSU at Texas A&M. I think that'll be a little bit, uh, a little bit interesting. Max Johnson facing his former team. I don't know. That one to me feels like one that I would want to watch. I mean, they've had some great games the last few years. They had that seven or eight overtime game that was 74 to 72 a couple of years back. So could be something similar, something crazy. I don't know. Brian I just Kelly. got a feeling that's going to be a game where Brian Kelly stands on the sideline the whole game looking like somebody farted next to him. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a, a theme throughout the season, I think. Maybe someone did. You don't know. Hey, I don't know, but I just I've seen that face quite a bit from him. I'm just all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, shit. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod, and uh, you can follow us individually. We're all over that page, so go check us out. Uh, we will be back with you next week to talk either a deep dive on Kiffin or maybe some teams uh, on the verge of good and bad. We'll see. But uh, until then, take care, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Have a great day.